Talk Back Matters from the Salvos. I need you so. Last week we were talking with Ewan, who is a clinician with the psychiatric team in a public hospital emergency department, about personality disorders. Ewan was discussing the nature of what a personality disorder is and the different types there are. Ewan, can we have a very brief recap? Yes, certainly. I guess we're mostly talking about cluster B personality disorder types and I did want to reiterate that it is a controversial area, um, that we shouldn't label people too quickly, that this is quite a, a debilitating problem for those that suffer it and it's really an enduring pattern of behaviour that has extremes of impairment with you know, reactions and mood and intensity um, that can be over a sustained period of time. So I just wanted to reiterate the, the complexity of personality disorders. And I just wanted to reiterate that we're using the term personality disorder, we're describing a cluster of symptoms like the DSM-4, just, just so that we're speaking a certain language, and that's what I mean when I use the term personality disorder. So how would you treat someone with a personality disorder? Yeah, look, again, there's, there's no real one-stop treatment. Uh, my own view is I think boundaries in a caring manner are very important. So when the person might be calm, you know, stating how you want to help um, and how you'll respond to those behaviours is pretty important. But Chris, I, I do want to say be very careful. Setting boundaries can test risk-taking behaviours and they can escalate in the risk-taking behaviours yeah. um, and that can result in any range of serious misadventure or, or serious actions or serious acts. So you really, I guess, need to have a lot of understanding and patience. Um, some of the people I see have suffered horrific events and, and as I mentioned, amazed that they're still standing. Sadly, some have, have died over the years. So, you know, I think it's important to balance that risk but with those boundaries. And I always have the general principle that these people don't want to feel like this. They want to get better yeah. um, and they don't like how they feel. So I think in the emergency department, you know, we have very sound risk assessment and medico-legal principles, but it's still very complicated so we might have developed a, a management plan or have access to a management plan. Sometimes we might utilise a, a brief crisis admission um, because sometimes the, the, those intense feelings can be fleeting, you know, very intense, very risk, but after a short period they might abate or resolve. So we might looking at a brief containment admission. Um, if it's appropriate or engaging, you might put in some extra support at home for a short period as well. Um, look, I'll spend time discussing with them that you know their intense moods and, and how to utilize their own skills or skills they might be learning to use um, and often how when you're in a crisis that's a, a good opportunity for growth um, you know it's okay to be doing well when things are going well but when you're in a crisis and you want to slip into the, the self-harm or maybe some of the destructive behaviors that this is a good time to learn new um, coping skills so if, if it's safe to do so we'll do that as well um, we might also get them to perform a task for example, before we arrange a demission, we might get them to contact their support worker or they'll, they'll do part of their management plan before we'll agree to an admission or something like that. Right. I do think, Chris, that consequences for behaviour are important. For example, an antisocial type might be referred to the police for antisocial behaviour or asked to leave the emergency department. Right. And we have to be clear about those what those are. And you mentioned treating. I think also it's important to stay calm and don't escalate your behaviour to theirs. I think treating them with, with dignity and respect really helps because I think this, this group are often treated without respect and it just doesn't help. In fact, it might even 
feed into their sense of abandonment. And I've heard all sorts of examples of a very poor treatment, and sometimes it just feeds into how they're feeling. Now, some might come to ED, they've cut themselves because they deserve to be punished, and we've not treated them well, and we're just feeding into that fact that they feel they should be punished. So, wow. you know, treating with, with respect is, is certainly, you know, at times challenging, but I think we need to re- remain calm in that to, to do any good. Absolutely. What about aggression? Yeah, look, I've, I've seen many figures varying anywhere between 30 to 60% of people in prison have some associated traits of a cluster B personality disorder. And I think that the nature of intense emotions and impulsivity that can come with these sorts of um, personality disorders can result in aggression as well. Um, certainly there's high numbers of antisocial types within the, the forensic system, but even though there are many studies that suggest a link with violence, it doesn't mean that all are violent. So I see many people that have harmed themselves many, many, many times but never another person. So I think that's important to bear in mind as well. Is personality disorder a defence for criminal acts? Again, Chris, a complex question. I guess my own view is, um, especially for the antisocial and narcissistic, is it's not really a defence. Yeah. And the nature of personality disorder doesn't mean that they fit the criteria under the mental impairment defence. So they can understand a trial, they can understand what is right and wrong, they can advise their counsel and all those sorts of things. So what I would say, though, is that there might be some life events such as a serious abuse or trauma that would have some influence when a judge is considering sentencing. I remember seeing on Today Tonight or Current Affair, I can't remember which one it was, but the... Both high-quality shows, Chris. A mother whose son was completely out of control and and not just beating the house to pieces and kicking holes in the walls, but actually beating her, uh, which is a very sad situation. It is. And I reiterate, I mean, things like that have to be, there's a lot of exclusion before you would talk about personality disorders. And I should say anyone under the age of 18, for example, with um, antisocial antisocial personality disorder, we'd refer to it as a conduct disorder. Um, But what I would say is things like that, we don't know the whole, you know, there there could be a tumour in his brain for all we know, causing that sort of behaviour or anything that, that might be floating around. So... Um, I think, though, that violence and aggression at home, I mean, it would be interesting to see what happens with those boundaries as to, you know, might be an escalation in behaviours and see what happens. It's very complex. And, and we get love, lovely parents come through with all sorts of horrific, you know, um, behaviours from, from some, some children that we just don't know what they're processing and what's going on. What would you suggest, then, to people that may have a personality disorder um, or their families? Yeah, Chris. Um, firstly, uh, I want to reiterate it's a very serious and considered diagnosis, so let's not label people unnecessarily. Um, and it can be controversial too. Uh, there's some very well-regarded people that question the whole concept of a personality disorder. Um, and remember, we're talking about extremes and a cluster of symptoms so that we're all talking the same language. Um, Chris, this is a high-risk group, so I guess I'd be saying that specialist treatment is quite advisable. So at the very least, the uh, general practitioner um, for further referral. Um, maybe a psychiatrist. Uh, I think my own philosophy, Chris, is to be caring but with clear boundaries and be acutely aware of the risk to the person or in some cases, you know, those around them. Um, Chris, I also think that consequences for behaviours are important and the person needs to know what the consequences are and why they exist. 
I also think, Chris, that we shouldn't underestimate rewarding good behaviour. Um, it should never be undervalued, not to the point of being condescending. But, uh, for example, I'll often thank patients in the emergency department if they've been waiting patiently or not aggressive, um, uh-huh. those sorts of things. You know, sometimes congratulating them for not being worse in, yeah. you know, when they're not around or um, not taking drugs or for attending appointments. You, know, you can always find some things that, that people have been doing well. So I think also many psychologists naturally use mindfulness or dialectic therapy which you can Google if you want to know more about it. Go see Dr. Google. Um, <laughs> and, and I think also sometimes medication can help stabilise the mood. So that's just touching on, on some of the treatments. Ewan, thanks for your insights. We've been a little bit more serious today than usual, but uh, I, I must ask you, have you been able to uh, play Xbox since the birth of your child? <laughs> um, little, uh, Chris. Um, and on the odd occasion when I do get to play it, sadly the volume is turned right down, which is just not right. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> It is, Chris. <laughs> um, the big screen tends to wake him up too, and uh, well, that's no good. I never thought I'd see a disadvantage to a 50-inch television, but uh, <laughs> anyway, I have been playing a little bit of the, the latest Ridge Racer, and uh, quite a few late nights holding baby and using the iPhone to play Angry Birds. So yeah, thanks for your time. Well, it's always a pleasure to talk. Take care. Have a great three hours sleep tonight. <laughs> he's, he's hoping I get that much. I need your. clinician from a public hospital emergency department with the psychiatric team. There's a great passage in the Bible that Matthew wrote 2,000 years ago about how Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am without pride and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. This is Light and Life. To contact us, go to salvos.org.au slash radio.